Welcome to episode one of the podcast of Biblical Tapestry. Here we will do a verse-by-verse, book-by-book study of the Word of God and explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the scarlet thread of salvation is found from Genesis to Revelation. In this first podcast, we begin with a study in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Today, 1st John 1, Fellowship with God. We will be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. Here are some questions that we will answer in this study. Is Jesus really God? Did he come to save sinners like us? Does God really care about you? Martin Luther wrote about 1 John. Here the apostle urges us to guard the word and to love one another. Thus we shall never learn so much and be so perfect that the need for the word of God will not remain for the devil never rests. I believe we must stubbornly hold on to the word of God and keep it close to us. John tells us to know the Savior and love the saints. Few books are more loved, memorized, or quoted like First John, and then few scriptures are less taught and ignored like Second and Third John. I hope in this podcast we can remedy that second part. Although 1 John is anonymous, the early church always attributed all three books to the Apostle John, and we have no reason to doubt that assertion. The author claims to be an eyewitness of Jesus, and there are numerous similarities with the Gospel of John, and early church leaders, Papias, Polycarp, Irenaeus, and Clement of Alexandria, all affirm John as the author. So, What do we know about John, this apostle? He was a son of Zebedee and was brother of James. We see in Mark chapter 1, verse 16, as he passed alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, Simon's brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Follow me, Jesus told them, and I'll make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, putting their nets in order. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Strong tradition has John spending the latter part of his life in Ephesus, ministering to the churches of Asia Minor. He was also quite old when he wrote the letters that make up these three books. Several bits of information and facts have John dying towards the end of the first century or a date of 80, 85 to 100. There was a growth of false teaching about this time, and John wanted to address that. And the aging apostle was writing to churches about this false teaching crisis. Some false teachers had left the church but continued to theologically assault the gospel. These false teachers were lacking the marks of an authentic Christian life in three areas, doctrinally, morally, and socially. They had attacked some of John's message, and John wanted to reassure all believers. We will see this in the coming episodes in four important verses. 1 John 1.4 says, We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. 
First John 2 1 says, My little children, I'm writing these things so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. First John 2 26 says, I have written these things so that you concerning the those who are trying to deceive you about those false teachers. First John five thirteen says, I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. The last verse can be the overall governing purpose statement here again. 1 John 5.13 I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. There are six doctrines of the church that we find in this book. The doctrine of God, or the characteristics of God. The doctrine of sin, the source of sin, the doctrine of Christ, the deity and humanity of Christ, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit helps us know the truth and have assurance, the doctrine of salvation, the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, the doctrine of eschatology. John was convinced that Christ's return was imminent and he was awaiting the final and climatic resolution. Listen again in this study to the answers to the question, Is Jesus really God? Did he come to save sinners like us? Does God care about you? Let's look at the first four verses of 1 John. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, that life was revealed, and we have seen it. And we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard we also declare to you, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. So what had John seen that was from the beginning? That he's re-referencing here in verse 1. What does that which was from the beginning say to us? It talks about the pre-incarnate Christ. How closely did John have a relationship with Jesus? Well, in John 13, 21, when Jesus had said this, he was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. The disciples started looking at one another, uncertain which one he was speaking about. One of the disciples, the one Jesus loved, was reclining close beside Jesus. Simon Peter motioned to him to find out who it was he was talking about. So he leaned back against Jesus and asked him, Lord, who is it? Well, this very disciple that was leaning against Jesus, close at the table to him, was the Apostle John. And we see in John 19.25, standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing there, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. And he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his home. That again was John. In John 21, 20, so Peter turned around and asked the disciple Jesus loved following them, or he saw the disciple 
disciple Jesus loved following them, the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and asked, Lord, who is that one that's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to the Lord Jesus, Lord, what about him? <laughs> if, it, if I want him to remain until I come, Jesus answered, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. So this rumor spread to the brothers and sisters that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not tell him that he wouldn't die. But if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? What did this, what did this apostle know about Christ? What did this apostle John know about Christ? How does Christ relate to the word of life used in these verses? Jesus is the word of life. He is God and God's word. And John heard, John looked at, and John touched the word of life, being Jesus himself. John had a personal and a face-to-face relationship with Christ Jesus. And verse 2, that life was revealed and we have seen it and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. By John proclaiming that Jesus was the eternal life, what was he saying? He was saying that Jesus is also the eternal Son of God. Jesus is the source of eternal life. And the Son of God is clearly revealed in history was Jesus himself. We are surrounded in this world by people who deny the deity of Christ. So how should people who believe in Christ respond? Well, in 1 John 5.20, it says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know the true one. We are the true one, that is, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God in eternal life. Testimony from John. He also says in 1 John 5.5, Who is the one who conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Jesus Christ, he is the one who came by water and blood, not by water only, but by water and by blood, and the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three are in agreement. If we accept human testimony, God's testimony is greater, because it is God's testimony that he has given about his Son. The one who believes in the Son of God has this testimony within himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. The one who has the Son has life. The one who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Verse 3 of 1 John 1 says, We proclaim to you that what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. What is this fellowship? What would be fellowship with John? Well, that fellowship would be coming to the same understanding. What does this fellowship with the Father and His Son mean to us? Even though we have not seen, heard, or touched Jesus the way that John did, we have His testimony as an eyewitness and the reassurance of God's Spirit. What does this fellowship have to do with eternal life? 
So is failure to persevere in, in your faith the same as excluding yourself from fellowship with God? What does a broken fellowship look like? In John 20, 29, and Jesus told him, Behold, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. We write this to make our joy complete. Who is this written about? Who is this our? We write this to make our joy complete. Whose joy? Is this selfishness on John's part? Well, in 3 John 4, we says, I have no greater joy than this to hear that my children are walking in truth. However, it's not John's joy alone as we have discussed this fellowship of believers with God. So this is our joy as well as John's in Christ. What is the nature of this joy, this word in Hebrew called chara? John 15, 11 says, I have told you these things so that my, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. John 16, 23 through 24 says, In that day you will not ask me anything. Truly I tell you, anything you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be complete. So this joy that John keeps mentioning is the result of remaining in Christ, asking and receiving in prayer, and bearing fruit. John 15, 1-8 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you, Remain in me and I in you just as a branch is unable to produce a fruit by itself unless it remains in the, on the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Bearing fruit is keeping God's commandments. Bearing fruit is loving one another. Bearing fruit is fellowship with the Father and the Son. Is it possible to take this joy from fellowship with the Father and Son, away from a true believer? John 16:22 says, So you also have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy from you. There are three principles behind Christian fellowship and joy. Our fellowship is grounded in the testimony of God's word. Togetherness is impossible without this strength. It is mutually dependent on the unity of believers, and it is renewed daily through the Holy Spirit. Christian fellowship and joy, that joy that John wanted to bring to his people, the ones he wrote the letter, and the ones who listen to this today. Next episode, episode 2, we will look at picking up at verse 1 of John 1, verse 5. Hope this finds you well. and. God bless you.